0: Hi, I'm Jason Pritchard and welcome to the eVTor Insights podcast, a brilliant show featuring guests from companies in the eVTor aircraft and urban air mobility markets. Throughout each episode, we'll be finding out about their exciting projects, which will help revolutionise the way we travel in future and get their insights into the current state of the industry. In this episode, I'm joined by Chris Waldron and Simon Lippitt, who both work within the airspace modernisation strategy team at the UK Civil Aviation Authority. Chris started flying in 2002 and gained his private pilot's licence three years later. He then spent 17 years working within civic air traffic management organisations in various technical, operational and leadership roles that included training, simulation, safety and compliance. He was previously operations director of an aviation consultancy business and joined the CAA from the Birmingham Airport ATC management team. In his spare time, he is an aerodrome flight information service officer maintaining two unit validations. Whereas Simon joined the Civil Aviation Authority in October 2022 and is responsible for the development and stakeholder engagement elements of the UK airspace modernisation strategy. His role is to ensure industry and other stakeholders understand the vision and direction of airspace modernization, whilst facilitating the development and delivery of legislative and regulatory material to support modernization. Before the CAA, he served 26 years as an air traffic controller in the Royal Navy, where he controlled and managed airspace in multiple arenas, with his final role in the military being the Head of Defence Airspace Policy and Strategy. So Chris and Simon, thank you so much for joining me on the EVTOL Insights podcast. Thanks, Jason, happy to be here. Yeah
1: and uh, happy to be here as well. Thank you Jason for your time.
0: We talked a little bit about your backgrounds and really the role that you play in the UK Civil Aviation Authority. The airspace modernisation strategy was launched earlier this year and is a lengthy document outlining a vision up to the year 2040. Can you provide our listeners with some context as to why this document was created and really paint a picture of the airspace in the UK at the moment?
2: Yeah sure, I think the, um, the important thing about the airspace modernization strategy is actually even though it was refreshed um, over the last year or two it's actually been something that's been in the UK's uh, remit for quite a while it started back in 2013 with the future airspace strategy which was a government directed initiative to look at UK airspace and begin the modernization of it because what we have in the UK is a a set of structures and airspace that hasn't been looked at or updated for 50 plus years. So the procedures that we use are based on um, legacy equipment and that hasn't really kept up to speed, up to date with innovation technology. So the future airspace strategy was a start 2013, that moved forward to the airspace modernization strategy in 2018 that concentrated principally on the terminal airspace. So the, air, the airspace around the major airports didn't really look at the airspace. that was outside. So effectively, they were looking at controlled airspace, not the uncontrolled class G airspace. It was recognised that didn't really um, afford much for the rest of the UK because that was a principal airline um modernization piece so the strategy that Chris and I are now involved in is the actual airspace modernization strategy that you've seen the large document from 2023 to 2040 it was published this year January 23 and that sets out the vision to look at our airspace and make it safer wrong basically make it no less safe than it currently is and improve where possible the safety To simplify the airspace because we are quite a complex um, country for airspace, Uh, integrate the new users, integrate the old new the users, so we've actually got a uh, a conjoined structure that everyone can has free access to.
0: Excellent, thanks ever so much for that, Simon. And then Chris, if I could just if ask you yourself as well, are you able to sort of fill in any other bits that to add on to what Simon said as well? And then. That second question, really, about painting the picture of what the airspace is like in the UK at the moment.
1: Absolutely, yeah. To build on what Simon's articulated there and outlined in the strategy, that we had to refresh the strategy because it was recognised that it didn't incorporate um, new entrants and future entrants and didn't deliver for all of the current airspace users, what airspace needs to deliver as an important piece of national infrastructure. So the refresh strategy, as Simon said, that was published on the 23rd of January really does focus on the needs of all airspace users. And that's highlighted well in one of the four strategic objectives that we have, which is integration. The four objectives themselves are safety, integration, simplification and environmental sustainability. But that integration objective really does bring together why the strategy was refreshed. And in terms of, I suppose, an analogy of why do we need to look at integration particularly, and I think this is hopefully the most relevant part of it for um, your eVTOL conference and listeners is, and Simon alluded to it there, the UK airspace at the moment is complex and we're not blessed with a large country. We're a small state um, on the northwest corner of Europe with not a lot of airspace to play with. And if you imagine, a, this is one of the analogies that we use internally, a swimming pool and everyone's swimming in their lanes and you put more and more people in there, there comes a point where you can't divide it up anymore. Therefore, you have to start integrating so everyone's swimming in the same pool.
0: Excellent. Thanks so much though, Chris. That's a really, really interesting analogy to look at as well. And it also just goes to show how, as you said, and Simon, how complex the airspace is at the moment. Now, we'll talk in more detail about how that integration with advanced air mobility is going to be like in the near future, but If I could just turn back to you, uh, Simon, as well. Now, as you said, the deployment of this strategy is a real huge task, not just Civil Aviation Authority, but also the aviation industry and also the Department of Transport too. Are there any particular messages
2: that you want to share, just really that everyone is on that same journey together? Thanks, Jason. I think actually you've hit the nail on the head. It is a journey, and it's a journey that we are embarking on together. Uh, It is a... Huge task. It touches on multiple areas, multiple stakeholders, and I think it's uh, one of the important things to get this right. It's not something that can happen overnight, so that requires the collaboration between the industries, between other stakeholders, whether that's the ANSPs, whether that's defence. It is all about bringing everybody together to work towards the goal of modernization. and as you know, we're going to re-attack the. Uh, the strategic objectives. It's about maintaining and where possibly improving safety. It's about promoting the integration because that is critical due to the nature of the UK airspace. Simplifying it because we are a very complex country and the airspace structures are. Incre- and actually the services that we deliver to our airspace users are considered quite complex because they're different from the rest of the world uh, outside of controlled airspace. And then of course environmental sustainability. So it is a journey that we are embarking on together. We are, it's a very inclusive journey, and that's what Chris and I are, are about. We need to be getting out and about to get that message out to the stakeholders that this is something we would wish to take part with them on.
0: Excellent, and thank you very much for that, Simon, and really wishing you all the very best in that journey and and educating more and more people about this airspace modernisation strategy as well. Chris, if I could turn to you then, please. So I'd love to hear any other thoughts that you wanted to add on to what Simon has said, but also um, maybe get an idea of kind of what the year or what the next couple of years has in store then in terms of reaching out to more people and educating them and informing them about this strategy going forward.
1: Absolutely. So as Simon said, it's a strategy, it's an ambition and we are trying to be very ambitious with what we're trying to achieve. It is um, is important to set a, a high bar, if you like, in terms of our ambitions for the UK to ensure that we can enable growth and innovation throughout certainly the aviation world and the entire economy. In terms of our next steps as a team over the next few years, um, if you like promoting the strategy and making sure that industry are aware of the strategy, buy into the strategy and understand really what we're trying to achieve. Because as Simon rightly said, the CA are not doing this alone. This is a partnership between the CAA, the DFT and industry. So we'll be out on the road a fair amount over the next couple of years, engaging with stakeholders to make sure that the, the key messages of the strategy are out there for everyone to understand. So we can all move on that journey together.
0: Excellent. Thanks so much for that, Chris. And again, wishing you all the very best in those uh, the, the next months and years to, to come as well. Um, it, I, I, I you might not have the answer to this question. And, and Simon, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts as well. But since the airspace modernization strategy was launched earlier this year, has there been any initial feedback so far? Um, Again, I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear any other thoughts, but conscious that it might be a bit too early to have that initial feedback just yet.
1: Absolutely. I think you're right. It's a bit too early for us to articulate any um, any significant volume of feedback that we've had. However, we have been out and about. We've attended a number of um, uh, meetings that are called LATES and RUAGs and they very much link into lower airspace users and they're chaired by sometimes the ca but predominantly they're chaired by airports or the air traffic service provider for airports and it it pulls together local lower airspace stakeholders and because we've got that facility easily within the ca to attend those meetings we've been attending them to present on the ams and certainly the feedback we've had from uh, Those local stakeholders in the lower airspace around major airports has been very, very positive and they're very pleased to see the, the UK's ambition for that shared airspace, that integration and all of the good stuff that comes in it
0: excellent thanks ever so much for that Chris um, and Simon if I could just turn to you please so um, we talk about how there is so much um, potential for the UK in terms of being the a leader in terms of not just aviation as it already is but also for this next era in advanced air mobility as well but are there any particular challenges that you're seeing that or you think that are most pressing from a civil aviation authority perspective as, as we said at the start and I know we'll talk about in more detail later that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of pin pinpoints a lot of challenges to to solve. But what would you say would be the most pressing to start with if, if you could answer that?
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's a really good question. Thank you. I think probably the areas that we see challenge at the moment will be the, the melding of the technology within the extant rule set safely because clearly we're going from a quite a structured um, airspace process to introducing some significantly different airspace users. So we're in this space now where those new users, of which eVTOL will be considered certainly well in that, the challenge for us and them is to demonstrate how the safety and the, the way we can safely um, introduce these new users into the airspace. So I think within that, I one of the key areas when we talk about the one of the end games of being integration is the detect and avoid piece so we are very much um, very much looking at how that's going to pay out and i think there is a electronic conspicuity is going to be something that is key so again the technology piece that feeds into how we can accommodate all of the UK airspace users, because we must remember the UK, the strategy that we have developed over time has come about after significant um, stakeholder engagement. So we know how much the airspace is important to all of our users. And so the best answer is if we can integrate all of those users and the technology is going to be the key, the cornerstone of doing that.
0: Excellent. Thanks ever so much for that, Simon. Really appreciate your insights on that too. And, and Chris, if I could bring you into the conversation too as well, are there any other additions you wanted to add to Simon's points or even any other challenges that you feel um, would be most pressing from from the work that you're doing at the moment?
1: No, I don't think so. I think Simon's covered that very well, um, but I will absolutely reiterate his, his points around the, the technology and the The changes to the rule set that we use to make sure that it all aligns well with the future ambitions of the AMS to get that, and again, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but to get that integration, which is what we all need and what we all want.
0: You probably might have answered a little bit on this, but why then will this strategy be so important in the years ahead when the airspace gets more crowded with the presence of these smaller EV-tall aircraft or now these more larger uh, electric aviation, when that's going to be more key going forward? Sure,
1: absolutely. I think, uh, going back to my swimming pool analogy earlier, um, which I hope was was a reasonable analogy to use, the remote aviation or remote aircraft, um, urban air mobility and quite frankly a whole host of um, emerging and new airspace users and I'm sure there'll be airspace users in the future that are not known to us right now or certainly are not known in the same way to us now so we need to ensure that our airspace can accommodate everyone that reasonably needs to use certain volumes of airspace be it for um, sport business. We need to allow that integration throughout UK airspace to ensure that we're maximising the airspace volume that we have
0: in the UK. Excellent. Thanks ever so much for that, Chris. And Simon, Just to, I'd love to hear your thoughts as well. And as we said, th- this strategy is going to be so important for the UK as it implements uh, the the next area in aviation as well. Um, so again, love to hear your thoughts if you wanted to echo on to what uh, Chris has said as well.
2: Yeah, and I think we are in a. Um, I'm loving the swimming pool analogy. Actually, it's the first time I've heard him use it. So <laughs> um, I think there is. <laughs> I think it's 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 one of those areas that we are. Um, I think that. The fact that we have a, a requirement to use our airspace so carefully because it is so small, that integration piece is is going to be truly critical, because you know we've seen projections of um, drone usage and RPAS usage that are predicting you know circa 900,000 um, remotely piloted systems operating by 2030. that's a significant amount of air systems that we're throwing into a bit of airspace that actually we've already got an awful lot of users in. So, you know, I think we have to reiterate that integration piece, but I think the cornerstone being the electronic conspicuity is is critical. I think the fact that the surveillance standards task force now stood up between the DFT and CAA to develop a standard that will allow um, the moving forwards of... Integration. Uh, It is a huge, huge task, but it's absolutely critical that we get this EC uh, standard that will allow integration to facilitate the operators and the users that we see already and those that are going to come forward in the future.
0: Excellent. Thanks ever so much for that, Chris and Simon. Now, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I understand the south of England has the world's most congested airspace. Um, so then, with the emerging advanced air mobility market growing in momentum, how then will that factor in the work that the UK Civil Aviation Authority currently does? I know you've got your hands sort of in many sort of different projects working, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. If I could start back with you, Simon.
2: Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because we're in this space of. Uh, crude systems you know i think we we can look at the tmas and you know you talk about the southeast specifically so the london tma is a hugely complex and busy piece of airspace and you're absolutely right there are going to be an awful lot of aam um, operators that are going to be wanting to use that airspace and i think we are in a we're in a sort of um a time where we have to look at the we have to look at how we can facilitate or enable that. And I think within the um, the air mobility piece, the, the AAM piece, I think what we have is there's almost a an acceptance in the CAA that what we're starting with is likely to be a crude system. And I think there is definitely the opportunity to start to prove capability and um, concept because why should a crude system be it – um electric or otherwise be treated indifferent. So I think we're in a we're in an, an opportunity space where the regional AAM um, sort of hubs should be starting to look at how they can almost use the strategy, the AMS, to start to build that picture of how they can operate in the future. Because one of the things that I think the the, the CAA and the sort of DFT will need is is the evidence that says why these, this sort of capability can can continue in a safe manner. So that, that journey in building the, the safety picture starts here. It starts with using your um, crude system, if you like, to prove how that cap- capability works under VFR conditions. And then as we understand more, we can start to build it, even in such a complex piece of airspace like uh, the London TMA other TMAs are available.
0: That's a a great point, Simon. Thank you ever so much for sharing that. As you said, the the industry is only going to get more exciting. And as you said, the foundation that's being built now can hopefully play a, a, a really key part in the next two or three years. We see the likes of Vertical Aerospace um, working on their VX4 aircraft. I know that Skyport's infrastructure are working in terms of finding the landed infrastructure. So, um, yeah, Chris, to, to bring you in, into the conversation as well, as well, there's, there's so much work being done in the advanced air mobility market now. Um, the impact then that this strategy can have on the industry From an advanced mobility point of view, but also the aviation industry as a whole, could be really crucial, couldn't it? I think it's really painting the picture now when setting those foundations to to enable it to be such an impact in the next sort of five to ten years when we do start to see those uh, commercial operations, hopefully, um, in 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 sort of in our cities in the near future.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and certainly building on Simon's point that at the moment, you know, in the short term, we will be treating certain things um, within the current rule set that we have because we have to until that develops and simon talked about ec earlier on and the importance of electronic conspicuity in and i'm going to say it again integration and the ams it is an ambition um, we have to start somewhere we don't have all of the answers right now but we know where we want to go and that's what's outlined in the document and the end game with that integration will incorporate all of those users you just outlined there, Jason, and again, make it a success.
0: Excellent. Thanks so much for that, Chris. And then um, just on top of what you just mentioned then as well. So I'm sure a lot of companies have already seen the airspace modernization strategy, or even if they haven't, what would be the best uh, best method for them to either get in touch or even access the document themselves to have a look at and, and see how they can contribute, um, or even provide feedback on, on the work that you're doing?
1: So the strategy is published on the CA website, and um, it's certainly out there for all to see. Uh, you know, it might not be that people want to, but we can always come and and present and talk to any stakeholders that wish to know a little bit more. Um, the CAP number, sorry, CA publication number for the strategy is CAP 1711, so CAP 1711. So that is part one. And there's also CAP 1711A, which is part two. I suppose I'll touch on that a little bit more now that the strategy is a, is a three-parter. Part one really does outline those strategic objectives, the, the technical elements within that and, and the ambition along with the use cases. Part two builds a little bit more detail into that in terms of the deliverables and the delivery elements within that. And the ongoing work at the moment within the CAA and with the DFT and we'll soon be working or we are currently working with certain parts of the industry, but that will certainly expand, is the part three of the AMS, which is the deployment plan. And that is probably what most people are interested in is the, what are we doing, who's doing it, and when's it gonna happen? And that's that's probably the most exciting piece of work that's gonna be happening uh, or that is happening and that will certainly evolve over the next sort of months and, and years.
0: Excellent. Really looking forward to that then, Chris, because that, that was kind of my ne- my next question, penultimate one really, was what are the next steps for the strategy or the CAA when it does come to advanced demobility? I know you mentioned at the start, you and Simon, that you'll be uh, going out to various stakeholders and presenting the ideas as well. Um, but is there any other ideas or any other thoughts you could share about the next steps, whether that be for the rest of 2023 or even into 2024? Uh, Simon, if I could so, bring you into the conversation, please.
2: I think it's important to sort of highlight that, you know, Chris and I are, are leading in the sort of the strategy side of the airspace modernization piece. Um, and I understand one of our colleagues is 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 highlighted to come and speak at um, your upcoming conference. Um, and I think I think that's an excellent uh, opportunity. And I think it demonstrates the importance that the CAA are placing on the, the AM world because. You know, they've got a whole lead area that has been established to consider the consider the um, the importance and how we can facilitate enable AAM in the United Kingdom so I think Kirsten will be visiting as I say your conference which is coming up imminently I believe um, so I, I wouldn't want to specifically talk about the AAM, next steps because i think that i don't believe that's if i'm going to use the the swimming pool analogy i'd be well out of my swim lane on that one
0: no, that's uh, that's very very good analogy, Simon. Thank you very much. And yes, you're right. Yeah, um, uh, Kirsten uh, Ryan Zimmer uh, I hope I pronounced her last name right. But is is um, going to be attending, going to be speaking, doing a, a bit of a an update of what the uh, the CA are doing when it comes to advanced mobility. So very much looking forward to that. But I think also, uh, Simon, it's it's been great to hear from you and Chris the excellent work that you both and the rest of the team are doing when it comes to airspace modernisation strategy. And um, if I could just then final finalized really it's been an excellent conversation i really appreciate your time talking to me about this are there any other final thoughts that you'd like to add to our conversation that you haven't already mentioned anything that um as i said you you wanted to share or anything you wanted to, to to drive home about that you feel would be be worthy to to share with our audience before we finish yeah,
1: thanks, Jason. I don't think there's anything um, new to add to what we've discussed, but um, I will, and at risk of doing it again, I will repeat myself and just I'd like to emphasise those key messages about the fact that we recognise that the UK as a small state, um, its airspace isn't big enough. It is critical national infrastructure for all to use, and the airspace modernization strategy is necessary to deliver on that vision of quicker quieter and cleaner journeys and importantly more capacity for the benefit of those who use and are affected by UK airspace and linking that to our objectives of safety integration simplification and environment and then importantly that collaboration with industry engaging with stakeholders and I'm going to use Simon's word earlier journey making sure that we're all on that journey together to deliver on that Really big ambition that we have, quite
2: rightly set ourselves.
0: Excellent. Thanks ever so much for that, Chris. And yes, yeah, final words for your good self, Simon. Um, any final thoughts you'd like to add to our audience?
2: All I can add there is what Chris said. But so what I would like to say is thank you very much for your time, Jason, and for your listeners' time, because you know, this is a um, this is a big piece of work. It's going to have sweeping changes to the UK airspace structure and for the benefit of all
0: excellent well thank you ever so much for your kind words simon and and chris and wishing you all the very best as i said it during our conversation going forward um with the um, ams and the strategy we'd love to have you on for another podcast maybe in the near future just to sort of hear how the feedback has been or even if there's any updates to it as well but until then thank you ever so much for your time chris and simon Thanks, Jason. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to be featured in one of our podcasts or there's something you feel we should be talking about, then please send me an email at editorial at evtollinsights.com. We'll be back soon with another episode, so look out for it on whichever podcast platform you use. Goodbye.